Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Deep Gordon with the Deep Show. And guess what we got going on today? We have Miss Levita Cameron with us today. And we are live. We're live. We're doing an interview. And I know that some of you may have watched an interview that we did previously. However, we're going to come and do this live. Uh, not that COVID is dead, but <laughs> the bottom line is, is that we have to move on, you know, with life. Things happen. We got to start treating this thing like the flu and uh, not like the plague as we were before and just move on because we have to live life. We can't stop living. So this is a Diva show. I am Diva Gordon of DEU Productions LLC and you're watching the Diva show on Sador Radio. And we have our special guest here, Ms. Levita Cameron. You wanna say hello? Yes, hi guys. Thank you so much for having me again. Okay. Much appreciated. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I love doing interviews and I love you. We've noticed that that's almost 10 years been in and out, you know, there's the circuit together. So yes, yes, indeed. And um, I just speaking on that alone, we have been, we've, as we're going to talk about intertwined right. later, <laughs> but we have intertwined right. quite a bit in the industry and a lot of us do in Philadelphia. Um, and that's an amazing thing because we get a part the opportunity to be the part of a lot of different projects. So, and and this is an opportunity that we have to actually communicate about each other, you know, and what you've done in the industry. Because like you said, you've been on a project, I've seen you on set, and of course you're my Facebook friend, so I see a lot of things that you're doing, right. doing a lot of phenomenal things. But in all honesty, I looked at your bio that you sent me, because I always ask everybody to send me their bio. And I'm looking at the bio and I'm like, okay, I know I'm familiar with some of her activities. I'm definitely familiar with um, you as an actress right. and you as um, Ninja Storm. Yep. You know, I'm very familiar. And I know that you just recently uh, wrapped with a film and I know you're working on quite a bit of projects. But I'm saying all of this, and if y'all notice, I rattled off at least five or six things just then. When I received this bio, it's so extensive. And some of the things on this in this bio, I was like, wow, okay, all right, I didn't know that. And it, it took me back. And one of the things that I'm gonna um, call you to is I'm just gonna ask you, when did you start drumming? Right. Most people don't know that I don't post anything about me drumming because I play the drums at church. So I'm not recording myself playing, I'm worshiping myself, praising myself. I started playing drums. At girls high i'm a girls high girl hey girls high girls out there um back when i was 14 13 going on 14 i was in ninth grade and i wanted to really play piano but then all the piano the spots were taken up so it was just drum club so okay. i chose the drums and i was like okay this is cool so then my senior year i had become a percussion uh was a percussion leader for the band and orchestra mm -hmm. in high school and then i started playing the drums at church regularly so now just, i'm you know. i'm going to ask you this because my um, my pastor, my, well, my previous pastor's wife mm -hmm. was a drummer at our church and consistent every Sunday she played. And um, I'm just going to ask you because back in the day, you know, it wasn't that many female drummers like Sheila E and, you yes. know, so forth and so on. Like, love her. Mm -hmm. Just killed the drums. Did you ever get any kind of like ridicule or backlash because you weren't a boy because it was like quote unquote boys <laughs> play drums, girls don't play drums because it was skirts? And I don't think it was so much ridicule. I do know at first 
I would start out always wearing pants to church because I knew I'll be, I was going to be upset. Okay. Then eventually I just started still wearing my longer dresses and shorts underneath. Like I me, mean, I still would be cute in a skirt and a dress. So I started, you know, doing that. And sometimes it was other drummers there too, but I wasn't so proactive and I wasn't possessive of the drum. Like, you know, share like, okay, you want to play too? Okay. You know, but I wasn't so forthcoming with the guys, but it was still like, I'm here. My presence is here. Yes. I'm the only girl drummer up here and they don't get right. this beat. <laughs> I know that's right. And it has, it had to come with, um, how can I say a good feeling that you were a girl and yeah, yeah I do play. Yeah, I feel like I do a lot of non-traditional girl things you would generally see guys doing. And that's a good, yeah. that's, that's a really good thing. So I'm, I'll ask you this with your background as a drummer and you, like I said, Ninja Storm mm-hmm. with the martial arts. Yeah. I was reading your bio and it states that you are a fifth degree black belt. So, and, and I'm explaining to y'all why, why I am asking this question in this way is because growing up, um, I was familiar with uh, martial arts. Mm-hmm. However, I was not familiar with the fact that there were different degrees to black belt. I thought that once you got the black belt, you was the ish and that was it. Like, right. oh, I'm black belt. It's literally levels but, to this. You, you turn around and be like, oh, you black belt. You're like, yeah, well, I'm black, 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 black belt. How about that? So tell us about, you know, um, your your journey with the martial arts. Where did it start? And if you can help us to understand what does it mean to be a okay. black belt. So it's definitely... It was, it's in the gene. So my uncle does martial arts. I watch my uncle do it. And my dad, so my dad taught me my brother's first in the basement. I was 11 years old. So teachers, because we always see my dad go out to class and be like, when are you going to teach us? So he started teaching us. So that's where my love. And I was like, okay. And it was still more predominantly males in the class. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still more of a, I guess, a guy's sport, but girls do do. And I kept, kept, kept at it. You know, first I was in a kid's class. My dad was afraid he was going to get hurt. And eventually got to the duck class. And we, we just did it. And I love the fact of just being able to rough house, I guess, because my dad has always been teaching me playing around at home, making sure I could defend myself. He wanted to make sure I could always handle myself no matter what. So I was used to grappling and roughing, you know, and kicking and just learn the basics of all the, you know, techniques and stuff. And then when I was 19, I took my first black belt test. It was right. I was, I remember I was a sophomore at Temple and I took my test, I had to break a brick and everything because you couldn't pass the test unless you broke a brick, had to do a, a dive rope over something to come up and break the, the brick. It was one of those red, you know, the bricks. How, the how did that, how did, how did that feel? And when, when I say that, I, I was, that's like a, a double question. Um, how did it feel when you broke it on your hand, right? Right. Or, and, and how did it make you feel once you, you accomplished? I think that was my second time doing it. Mine was, correct, mine was this, the um, gray center box. That's why I had to break. Mine was a cinder block one, not the red ones, I forgot. So the cinder block one, previously that year, like in March, I had broke it for the first time. And I, I did it incorrectly. And I had to go to the hospital like, like the next day because my wrist, I, I, you're supposed to do it a certain way. And I turned my wrist because I was supposed to. So I was, that was a practice one. By the time I got to my test, I did it again. But during that point, I had to like overcome the fear, like, oh, then I don't want to hurt my hand again. And, you know, okay. if I play mind over matter and all that stuff, you got to be in a zone and in a, in a, um, in a key flowing, like the breathing flowing and the focus and yeah, it, it hurt, but you got the adrenaline going and you like, you know, you got to do this. You can't pass, get your belt unless you break this. So you're just going to go over and they say, don't stop at the brick. You go through the brick to the ground. So you just, because if you stop, you, that's when you hurt your hand. You want to go through it completely. Okay. 
Did you have to do that for each each black belt? No. So then after that, I didn't really take any more black belt tests. I just got promoted every two, three, four years. Like whenever the sensei would um get us, say, okay, like you're ready to be promoted. And most times a surprise. Oh wow. Yeah, most times a surprise. So now I work my way up to fifth degree black belt. So I'm a master now. When I became, I think, fourth degree, I was a master. So first degree is just uh, basic black belt, I guess. And then second degree, what's that? probably around the same. I think you're sensei to third. Then fourth degree, you're a master. Fourth and fifth, you're a master. So I'm still a master. So that was kind of cool. I recall you mentioning that you had to endure multiple fights. I did. <laughs> Tell us about this multiple fight and how they went and it, it was it was all at the at the same time at the same time for the breaks okay so I, I never even told you guys the name so the school is called we used to be called robinson academy martial arts under my uncle dr timothy r robinson he's a grandmaster so that's a temporary by the way okay so that's i believe that's the highest he just grandmaster did it so al robinson that's my dad so that's my first teacher so within all of that now the school is called black lions fighting systems and so it was a 25 man challenge they had. So I was the first female in my dojo to do it. And I was determined to do it. And you basically 25 rounds, two minutes each. So for about a year or so, I was training with the other guys to work my stamina up. And because that was just a lot of fighting to teach you how to breathe. And before we used to go down and practice together for like four hours at a time, like once a month, we just intense training of doing like two hours worth of just cardio running up and down miles and just they had us do weird things like throwing you know axes into the to the trees and different things like that and just running and diving getting over your fear they made me run and jump into a pool I can't swim I still can't swim but they made me run and jump and flip into the pool different things to get you over your fear the mindset and then by the time we got to got to it I was always so exhausted but my day I, I did all my rounds. I think I did like three or four or five in a row. Then you get like a two or three minute break, being back up again. So yeah, um, it was yeah, just a lot see. of them. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot. I felt so accomplished. By the time it was over, I could barely stand. I had, a, I think I had a busted eye. I think my lip was busted. Yeah, the leg on my lip was busted. I was like, I remember standing there, it was over. I was just shaking because I was in so much pain. And like, <sighs> that was worse than the blood cell test, actually. Wow. I can't even begin yeah. to imagine. Well, congratulations on all of that. Thank you. I mean, Thank that's uh, an accomplishment and a half. And yes. and that, I mean, that's just one portion right. of your background, you know, one portion of your story. Yeah. Um, so I know that at some point you decided to start training. I said a few years ago, one of my um, castmates, he asked when I, when I was going to start training. So I never thought of myself as a teacher, but then I was figuring it might be easier for women to learn self-defense from another woman. Because most times you learn it from the guys and I see them saying, well, I probably can't do that because you know, generally guys are bigger than a woman to their physique. So it's, they might seem like it's impossible to overcome. But, and I, and I teach them like one-on-one -on -one or even group settings. I teach them it doesn't matter if you learn techniques because I fight guys all the time. I mean, not in real life, but in, in the dojo because it's mainly, I'm on one of like two, maybe three girls and the rest are guys. So I'm always fighting guys. Okay. So I'm used to doing that. So it was like, okay. And mind you, they do beat me up and I'm okay with it because I can take punches and stuff. So one thing I always tell, if they're going to attack me, I, I plan to live to see another day. I don't know if they'll live, the other person, but you know, I still plan to live, live another day. And if I am hurt, look at the other person too, because they're going to be hurt too. They're going to have something to walk right. away broken. I have broken someone's toe in class before I'm mistake. It was a guy. And I have knocked someone out by mistake because they didn't move and I punched him in the face and fell out. 
Oh, wow. So I had made, like, it wasn't my fault. It was accidents, but sometimes I don't know my strength, but those were just stuff, you know, it just happens. Collateral damage. Sometimes it just happens. Like, I've gotten bruises too. So I'm not, I'm not exempt. I'm not exempt. <laughs> so you can put the empathy. <laughs> empathy for me, I just think bruises too, but I, I'll knock you out. Right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So at what point did you uh, make the decision or think about getting into acting? All my life. Like, you know, you're a little kid and you're like, I want to be an actor, single model, dancer. Like, there was a whole list of things. Acting was always, always there. I just had to work with the confidence. I went to school at Temple, got my undergrad in theater. But then I didn't really start acting in film until after my kids were older. Because mm-hmm. they were little, and I couldn't really, you know, go on auditions and stuff. Because they were still infants and little babies, they still needed me around like all the time. So I was doing a lot of church plays, and then I started branching out to other plays. So then I started getting to know people, and then that's when I was like, I'm gonna do film. I found film was so much easier, less time consuming. I'll say that than a stage play it, it, for me because my <laughs> time, I'm like, I spent all these months, you know, rehearsing every week or lots of times a week for months. And then as you guys set that time aside and be, and be committed to it. Mm-hmm. And then you get that one or two times on stage and then you may have one or two shows and that's it. Yes. And, and you, and and I'll, I'll say this. I think for me, my opinion, I think film, it is easier. Um, theater is harder and the commitment is, is, is a lot deeper. And one of the reasons that um, I say that theater is harder is because you only get one shot. You only get one opportunity. There's no cut. There's no reset. None of that. If you go up on that stage and you forget your lines and you stand there looking like a ghost and you don't have a fellow actor that's, you know, one of your scene mates that can pick up the pieces and move that scene along, you're stuck. And sometimes when an actor gets stuck um, like that, it's hard for them to recover the entire show. So mm-hmm. yes, I, I totally agree um, that uh, film is easier. So so I'll ask you this. I know that um, you did mention that you started with the stage plays. What was your first production outside of, of church? Do you remember the first one? I think I think you recalled it. I'm not sure mm-hmm. the first produ- theater production that you were in. I'm trying to think. The Tears from a Broken Mind in the Tay Hall, I think. No, I've done some before. I don't. I work with Kareem Rogers and the Tay Hall. I don't really remember. And then Carla Robinson, I work with her in Broke Up Production. I remember this is this is back like 2011, 12, 13. I'm trying to really recall. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, but I enjoy the theater. Like I love being in front of people. Yeah, that part, it's nothing like that, you know, interaction between you and the audience and everything, a live interaction. And then I also felt like I accomplished some things where I got to be on a different stages. Like I was on Graham's Theater stage, and I was on Suzanne Roberts and Arden and, you know, different temple and put other Venice Island. So I've been on different stages throughout Philly. So I was proud of that. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I, you know, accomplished. So I felt like, okay, well, I've done a lot of this good stages and like grocery and stuff. So now I'm just strictly basically doing film. Once in a while, I might commit to a, a play. Okay. Maybe once every couple of years or once a year. Yeah, but film is so you are a writer. Yes. A director. Yes. Commission. A film. Yes. What what gave you the idea to jump into start writing and, and directing? What gave you that push that made you think that you had, you know, a story to tell? And the story that you that you told mm-hmm. in your um in the particular film that I'm about to mention, um, 
it's it's very powerful it's needed it's necessary mm -hmm. it's what's going on now um it's, it's very troubling but it's very enlightening um in the way that you stated that you delivered a message but what gave you the initial um gumption to say i'm going to be a writer and i want to write um, i guess i've always loved writing but and i didn't i want to start used to want to write books but then i get like um writer's block so i was content for a while for years just working on other people's productions just being an actor but i realized there weren't roles for me that i wanted to play like no one was writing fighting roles like i love you know martial arts i want to be able to hand hand-to-hand -hand combat but there's always it was a fight it was like a gunshot pop somebody shot like it was an actual fighting that i wanted that i wanted to do <laughs> and that was those kinds of gritty roles that i wanted as a, you know the typical okay the girlfriend the, you know the best friend if i'm best friend or the wife or my, mm -hmm. i wanted something gritty with levels and layers to the characters mm -hmm. So I had to write the roles that I wanted to play that weren't being offered right. out here in Philly when I met. So that's what I did. And then I guess you could talk about the other films. You want to bring that in there? <laughs> we, we, we're going to talk about it. We want to talk about Red Light. Yes, indeed. Congratulations on winning uh, your award at oh, the yes. Philadelphia thank Urban you. Uh, Film Award. Congrats to you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You look beautiful. Thank you so much. And so did you. It was it was a magical evening with so much yeah. talent in that room. It was just, it was unbelievable. And we all hadn't seen each other so in person that many people, all of us together since COVID, really. Yeah. Because we had like, a whole bunch of what, two, two and a half years. Right. It's, it's been a while. So Jimmy just did a great job getting yes. us all together. So thanks for that, Jimmy. It was it was a great evening. Um seeing everybody, like you said. Everybody shining out there. Indeed, everybody. Everybody was so positive with each other. So tell us a little bit, um, of course, not much because you want, you know, right. just the core a little bit because you want people to um, definitely check it out. And y'all will be checking out Red Light. I'm just yes. saying, y'all will be checking out Red Light. Yes, Red Light. That's um, my baby. So oh, tell baby. us a little bit about Red Light. And if you could also mm -hmm. share with us what, what inspired you to write and, and put on this type of production. It didn't start out this way, I guess. So red light is about human trafficking. That's basically what it's human trafficking awareness. And it wasn't my initial intention to bring awareness to it. It started out because I wanted to, I had to do a short play, no games with a five shorts project. And I had actors who, you know, they might've had like smaller roles. And I really was just wanted to write, to thank them to write bigger roles. And I wanted uh, Miss Karen Walla Martin. I love her. So I asked her, you know, what kind of role hadn't she played? So she said she was always, you know, sometimes, um, typecast as the nice grandmother or mother or principal teacher, stuff like that. And she wanted something to show her, you know, just the gritty. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I made her, made her this role called Queen. Her name is Queen Madame Lorena. So she's the, the head of the organization, the boss of the human trafficking organization. And so mm -hmm. she's, when you see her is not a typical Miss Karen, as you, we all know and love. She's nasty. She's very ruthless and it, it gets physical even at times with her. So it after I decided on that, we did, we did the short of it in January 2021. And then I decided I can take it further and elaborate. So I wrote the feature around the short that we already had. And so then I had to do backstories to make what I wrote for the short make sense. So I had to bring stuff like past tense flashbacks and you know, forward, bring it back in time to make it all connect. And then it started out. After that, I was like, I can really help people not become victims, not just showing her as this um, big woman controlling everyone, but to really 
bring awareness to people because I do martial arts, it comes second nature to me. So we're always taught in class growing up what to look out for different signs, how to not become victims, become victors, and you know, what to do in case you're caught. So other, like to me, common sense things that just naturally come to me now because I've been doing it since I was a kid, most people aren't aware of it. So I put different scenarios in the film to show people, women specifically, how to look out for themselves and not become victims. Like even what you need, you know, simple things like walking down the street with your headphones on, not paying attention, going to the ATM at nighttime, you know, walking by yourself in the park, or just, you know, you get parked um, behind or next to two vans, you know, things like that, just mm -hmm. to be careful. So I want people when they watch it, I want everyone to say, hey, I actually do that. And look at how easy it was for these girls to get smashed and related to something that you do like nowadays. I, I'll be honest with you. I had a scenario and I didn't think about it until I kind of subconsciously thought about it at the time. That's why I made the decision that I did at the time. Mm -hmm. But later on, I realized how odd and strange it was. There was a woman that was, and I'll, I'll make this short. There was a woman that was outside of um, Lowell's. Mm -hmm. And this is on the boulevard. And I, I go to Lowell's often because I'm, you know, I'll be doing stuff in the house. And, you know, like pinky in the brain, brain in it, just moving around. My daughter's like, what are you doing now? Nothing. Anyway. Everything. So, you know, I'm, I'm walking up and I'm approaching the front door. And this woman is parked, like, almost in front of the door. But mm -hmm. she's standing outside of her truck. And as I'm walking up, and she said, miss, I'm so sorry. Can I use your phone? Because my husband is in the store and I can pick my husband up and my phone died. Okay. Mm -hmm. She's standing outside the truck. So I said, I can call him for you. And I, I moved away from her. I said, I can call him for you. So I said, just tell me the number. So I went to dial the number. She was like, oh, never mind. I, I, I'm just going to wait for him. So when I, I made sure I stepped away, anybody, you know, after you use my phone, I'm, I'm walking, yeah. walking away, yeah. putting some distance mm -hmm. between us. But what I realized is, one, it was a truck. It was parked out in front of the place. She could have easily walked inside and had him paged yeah. or went down and walked up each and every hour until she found him. There was no need for her to call him from my phone. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that was possibly a way of her removing my possibility of communication and, and calling somebody and calling 911. You know, that's that's first and foremost. Then you got the truck that's right in front and it's, you know, female. She's trying to mm -hmm. seem helpless. Oh, I need help. Right. That whole different thing. And I thought about that for a couple of days after. I was like, wow, that's really deep because what if it's somebody that's not really paying attention? Right. And they're just like, oh, sure, let's use my phone. So yeah. with you putting on your production red light, not just um, highlighting uh, sex trafficking, but also implementing in the film the different scenarios in which take place and happen so that you don't become a victim. It'll make people, not only will they be, you know, watching something that's really important for them to know, but they're also being enlightened on right. how not to become a victim and things like that. And that's really important because for me, with, with my projects, I always try to deliver some kind of message. Right. You know what I mean? Entertainment is one thing. People can get entertained all day, every day. But what are they walking away with? Are they walking away with um, a slapstick joke that somebody made in, in the film, you know, that they're going to carry with them and think about? Or are they taking something away that they can apply to their life and use, you know, um, in a very important way, a very impactful way? That, because when they walk away from watching your film, they not only are going to take that in, but they'll probably be passing that information on to their children. So it's, um, that's, that's, 
I think it's awesome. Thank you. That's a creative awesome. way to just get your messages across while they're not realizing they're going to get a message and just do, they might be just be watching for entertainment purposes and they get something out of it, not even realizing it until they think that, wait, remember that movie? And you know, that's what's major and yeah. that's what's important. I, I love it, love it, love it. So my next question I'm going to ask you, and I, I believe I know already know the answer, but I'm, I'm just going to ask it okay. anyway. You've also been behind the camera. Yes. <laughs> We have many jobs. We have many jobs, right? I've been behind the camera, not actually controlling the camera, but I can direct and get what I want across. So in that in that sense, yes, I'm not the technical person behind the camera, but I can tell the DP what I'm looking for and to get the shots that I want and how I want. I mean, I had they may say, "Wait, that's the wrong term for what are you trying to do?" You know, I mean, I have all the, the terminology down, but as I'm I still say it, I, I, they can get what I want. So and um, that's the good one. Yeah, they can they understand what I want, and I like to have fun on set. Mm -hmm. I like to. I'm the first one to be dancing and working on set in between takes while we're doing setting up our cameras or doing whatever. And I'm going to break just to break the ice because especially on weather, it's a serious topic. So we're always singing and dancing in between just to, you mm -hmm. know, and then once we said action, there were tears flowing, everything, the actors, I love the cast, they were great. I love it. They were ready to go okay. back and forth. So yeah, so behind the camera, it's, it's wonderful. So I, I love that front and behind. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to act in all of my films that I write because I, I still want to, you know, be a part of it. Oh, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> gotta, gotta keep it going, yeah. gotta keep yeah. it going. Um, when you don't continuously use a skill, mm -hmm. it's not that you lose it, it's just that I want to be sharp, I want to be fresh. Exactly. Know? So, you have brand, a lot of brand. <laughs> a lot of brand. I'm just going to say that you have a lot of brand. So, help. Um, I'm going to let her tell you because I don't want to mix anything up, but. If you are an entrepreneur, which you're definitely an entrepreneur yeah. in so many different ways, and we haven't even tapped into some of the other things that we even saw about. But if you're an entrepreneur, you should know about branding. And it, it's a lot of work. It's hard work. It's dedication. Um, and when, when I say that, it's not just, it's not just about the name. Um, when it comes to your brand, there's so many things that you have to take into account uh, when it comes to it. And one of the main things is that, you know, making sure you get your brand out there, um, make sure it's good representation, um, make sure no negativity is attached to your brand. Yes. Um, you have to protect it at all times in mm -hmm. every in every possible way. And some people, you know, don't, if, if you're not in that realm of branding, some don't understand it, you know, um, and I'm just going to break it down for me because um, DEU, I've had DEU for quite some time, and it doesn't matter whether we are on stage, on film set, or where we are, it's certain behaviors that I expect, you know, um, always communicate with respect, you know, always treat property with respect wherever we use a location or whatever. Don't don't leave no trash. Don't leave, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Whenever you're communicating with somebody and you're under the DEU brand, whether you're talking to each other, you don't have to disrespect each other. I don't allow the backbiting and all that. And, you know, um, you also, when, when it comes to your merchandise, you have to be careful where you even place your merchandise to be sold. 
You know what I'm saying? You know, if that company, their brand is not doing so well, then you don't want your name attached to it. Like, you don't want your name right. attached to it. You know what I mean? If people come to buy it, it's like, oh, I'm not, I don't buy stuff out of there. Why would you affiliate with them? So when we're talking about branding, we're talking about a lot. And when I say a lot, you have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot. So, you know, I want to, I want to let you speak about your brands, but understand this, she may have a lot, but she handles it and handles it appropriately. So don't Thank get it you. twisted and thinking that, you know, having a lot, you know, something suffers. It, it doesn't suffer if you're doing your homework and you're handling your business. So she has a lot, which means that she's doing a lot and um, she's coming across in many different ways and many different angles. So I'm going to let you tell them about. But that's good you said that because some people say, oh, you got to focus on one thing, but you have a whole different, a lot of different things. Like people, you may know me from doing martial arts, Storms of Defense, that's the name of that one. And then other people, they also know I'm out there crazy. I'm on set acting a fool, cutting up on set. They know me as that acting. They also know me as the director. Then they know me also, I do administrative services. I have a bachelor's in business as well. So some of you may not know that. So I have that business, SAS and I, Simply Administrator Strategic Solutions. So I help other entrepreneurs. They may be good at what they do at their craft, but they may not be good at like the accounting part or the human resources part, just the other administrative duties that come along with it to help propel their business to the next level. So that's where I come in. So I do admin stuff too. So I do consulting. I'm currently um, working on, I was paying invoices before I came here actually for another client of mine. And then I'm also editing a book for another client. So I'm doing different things. And then in between that, I'm also doing the private sessions for the self-defense, doing that. And then in between that, I have people calling me for proposals and, you know, saying, hey, can you produce our film? So I'm doing that. That's Lady Ninja Storm Productions, by the way. So doing that stuff. And then randomly, I started this other Boss Lady Unfiltered. That's just that's just a fun one. And people just were just asking me things. I, was, I should just talk because I love to talk, clearly. So I was like, let me just do these random things. But all of that. It's me. And so all the different clients I have, they all know the different aspects of me, what makes me living to Cameron up. So I have, but I streamline the business online. Like I have different websites for all of them. I have different social media pages for all of them. So I know my administrative clients for SAS and I, they also know I'm the crazy actress out there and they're a model. And yes, I take out, you know, certain pictures. Sometimes people make comments on the pictures, but I want people to know whatever I put out there, no matter what across what board, it's only stuff that I approve. Like there are a lot of, for example, pictures that they, they take. I say, nope, don't put that one. I'm not comfortable. That shot, that shot, that shot. So the ones that's out there is ones that I approved it. And I said, okay, it's for my brand. That's like you said, you want your brand to look a certain way. I want my content to look a certain way. So mm -hmm. whatever's out there, I'm never ashamed of whatever I put out there, never ashamed of who I am. So I make sure they know, yes, this is me as the actress, this is me as the model, but I'm also the mother of two teenagers, 14 and 16 year olds. So I do mom things too. So I'm out there showing my kids around. They got a girl, they had a girlfriend, my son, my daughter's in camp. So I'm doing, you know, mommy things too in the mix of this so I'm always so all of that makes up my whole brand so I try to give people a complete person and not just think I'm one way like oh yeah she's she's just a stern person she's oh she's a nurse she's adding stuff oh wait she acts too oh she also does producing and she directs oh yes I do that and I know how to fight I do all of that that's still me <laughs> that's still me so people try to like you know well why are you doing so much well because I can, basically, because oh, wow. like, I can. And I decided, like, to tell, um, you know, some people, two years ago, I decided that I really want to try this modeling thing. So I just got some photographers. You know, can you shoot me? You know, they're somebody. And I decided I'm going to go take this photo shoot because 
I can't, and why not? Why not do everything under the sun? If you, you want to try something new, just try it. The worst something can happen, it may not work. So what? At least you tried it. No. Oh my gosh. At least I say you that. Tried it. I say it all the time. And, you know, honestly, your energy is just awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Just awesome, yeah, awesome energy. And I applaud you for being able to do everything that you do and also raise two teenagers because raising Ooh. two teenagers is a job in itself. Um, I think that all moms should have a mom brand. <laughs> I mean, I was yeah. just saying because you do so much. That's you do first job oh. in um, in the course of a day and just trying to do everything that you have done. Um, but my my question to you: How how do your children handle mom being? Well, I'm, I'm gonna say this. You made a, com a comment earlier when you said you were saying like you're all over the place and you're doing a lot. You do, you know. I, I think I wrote a post the other day, and you like you said they're asking me why you're doing it, and you're saying why not. You know, somebody asked me, you know, said to me, um, "You're always so busy," mm -hmm. and for me, I'm like, why do you have so much free time? Because every time I turn around, you're asking me to go like to the mall because you want to check out a couple of things one thing i don't do is window shop i don't have time for that i'm not going and looking at things that i may want to buy later i buy with when i need i walk in the store for something specific and if it's there i get it if it's not there i leave i don't have time to just be walking around and just doing racks like this you want me to go in and out to eat that that's fine if it fits into my schedule but like right. you said, the, the busy thing, you're working, you're you're pushing yeah. forward, you're pushing past, you're doing it's positive right. things, you're working towards something. Now, if it was a business meeting, right. I wouldn't mind going out yes. to eat, but don't, like, right. I don't have it, I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound like no, disconnected. I, it. I understand. But some people have so much time, they're just sitting around doing nothing, and it's like, they get upset when you say that you don't have the time to do right. nothing with them. I've missed so many like birthday parties <laughs> and events this year. Not on purpose, not because I love my friends. I mean, I have the money to do. I got to pay kids and eat things. I'm still a mom first. Like, you know, I got to pay for other stuff. I'm like, no, I can't make this. I'm upset. Or, you know, I, I got more kids. It's just so many things and I can't make everything. But my true friends, you know, I explain to them so they, they understand. But I, I don't have, like you said, free time. People say, when are you free? I'm never free. Like, don't calendar if it's first come first serve. I can make availability on it, like any specific date and time, and I will pencil you my calendar. Literally, mm -hmm. like, I'm never. Question, I'm sorry. Heard. The funny question I get is somebody will call me and be like, "Do you work tomorrow?" Listen, I work every day, every single day. <laughs> I work every day. day. Right. And my thing is, if I tell you that I'm not on somebody else's clock, just because I'm not on somebody else's clock. I'm on my own car. Exactly. So don't think because I'm not going in to this, this other job that now I'm free and available to do what you want to do. No. How about you call me and say, listen, I was thinking about, you know, us going here or going here or doing this or doing that. Are you available? That's how you ask the question. Don't yes. ask me, do you have to work tomorrow? I'm, I'm working now. I'm working 24-7. Yeah. I, I could send somebody an email at 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm always working. I'm always doing something, working towards my goal. So that whole thing of I, I feel you. Because then they want to also they ask me and rephrase it. They say, okay, well, let me know when you're free. Again, I'm never free. I can't let you know when I'm free because I am never free. Like it, business meetings, I, I really date. It's just like, oh, let me know you're free. I'm never free. Are we going to business meetings? Sure. Thank you. Let's go yes. out. We, what are we talking about? I have my notebook, my pen carry everywhere. All right, we're gonna business meeting, we're gonna talk, we're gonna make money together. What are we doing? Like, cause and then some of my friends, they have 
full-time jobs, I just do my entrepreneur stuff. So it's not like I get a, a regular check every two weeks. I don't do that. So don't work, don't eat. So I'm always constantly out there following up with clients, working on different things. So my hours aren't like their hours because I might be up to three in the morning working on stuff just to have stuff done by the morning. And okay, now my morning may be free, but I also got my kids. So it's really free, you know? So it's like, exactly. And juggling a whole bunch. It, teach you, it teaches you good time management with entrepreneurs. I'll say that. It time does. Management and yeah. So this brings me to this part because like I said, you have such a, a positive radiating energy <laughs> that I, I can't really even describe. I try, I just try to describe it. I can't describe it. And this is gonna sound kind of cliche, but to me, it's like the name Storm just fits. <laughs> it just fits because you just you just go at it like Shoosh, I'm gonna get this done. So that's so funny. I never thought about it like that. So we also know you as Storm. Yeah. So where did the name come from? One of my dojo brothers, Drew Johnson, he was he was one of my mentors. They gave us mentors for on um, the black belts. When I was a teenager, they nicknamed me Storm from X-Men. Okay. Because of how I fight, I guess. They were like, that's Storm. So then when I got my black belt, it said L Storm on here. So Storm, oh. that's just if they can't say my name, just call me Storm. So if they call me Storm, so it became, then it evolved to, I'm still a lady, Lady Ninja Storm. I have a sword too, let's say my right sword. So Lady Ninja Storm became the whole thing. So. Okay. And then I like how did you say, come with a storm. I like that. Yes. I yes, like that. Yes. So, all right. So let's talk more about your acting. So you played a major role in an upcoming TV series. Yes. I know you can't tell me all about it, but... Right. Like, you know, give us just a gist. And the name of the, the TV series is Intertwined, mm -hmm. right? Um, and uh, your role is a little dark. I don't know how to describe her. My name is Jen. <laughs> she said, my name is Jen. Oh, wow. I work in a barbershop. That's there about it. it. All I'm going to say is you, you have to tune in. You have to check her out. And Jen, I was on a set once and just watching what I saw. Um, I remember. You're going to be, you, you're going to be entertained very well um, with Intertwine and her role as Jen. Um, <clears throat> Intertwine should be coming out very soon. It's, it's been in the mix because of COVID. And if you all are aware when it comes to filming mm -hmm. and production and so forth and so on that pandemic just kind of like knocked everything back for everybody and it seemed like when we started to come out of uh the the thick of it i'm just gonna say because we're not out of it now right. i know some people that are sick now yeah, me too but when we started to come out of the thick of it just about philadelphia is full of so many different entrepreneurs and filmers and actors and so forth and so on so it's, it's almost like as soon as somebody like if you're watching like um what the bulls run that is um in in mexico or whatever it was almost like when somebody finally opened that door mm -hmm. and everybody started to come outside i'm telling you it was just like everybody was everywhere and it was hard to lock down your you know your actors your cast your crew you had to change people 
because their availability was different. I had a couple mm-hmm. of cast members that moved out of the country. I was like, how did what? you just, I'm saying to myself, <laughs> how did you just move out the country during a pandemic? Like we wasn't yeah. even allowed right. to go right. out the country. How did you move out the country in the middle of a pandemic? And I had to, you know, replace the character. But what some of you don't understand is when it comes to things like that, if you had already started filming and you already had some oh scenes done and then that person Ooh. disappears or doesn't show up or is not available anymore because they're doing this or they're doing that. Yeah, you know, rewrite, reshoot something. You, yeah, you gotta sometimes you gotta rewrite, you gotta yeah. reshoot. You know, that's that's money, that's time and effort. So I'm just saying that um a lot of productions were held up. My production was held mm-hmm. up um during this time, but intertwine has been popping and, and getting the yeah. filming done. Shout out yes. to uh, Mark Five hey, hey. and the whole crew yeah. for getting it getting it done, and we're looking forward to seeing you in yes. Intertwine. So I'm excited about that. Thank you. Uh, we already talked about uh, we already talked about Red Light. Mm-hmm. So most recently, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. you were no- nominated for multiple categories in the Philadelphia Urban Film. I was so surprised. Because wow. I only really just became a filmmaker. So most of the stuff I was nominated for was like filmmaker things. And okay. I was just like, so let me ask you this question know. real quick. So you say you surprised, right? And all of you watching, listening, or what have you, you say you surprised. So what is one of the awards that you went home with? All right, putting in work. I got the putting in work award because I am putting in work all the time. Yeah. But so I'm I just saying, like, so why would you right. think that you deserve so, it? It was just surprised to see just be nominated. That was an honor. I was like, wow, like acting, I was nominated for acting too, but I've been acting for a longer time. I haven't been filmmaking for as long. I'm like, oh, wait, I got filmmaking categories? That's how I was surprised. I was like, wow. It was, yeah. a, it was an honor. It was humbling. It was beautiful. I was like, wow, it was awesome. It was like, awesome. Oh, Congratulations again. So we're going to dig into this and um, we're going to start to wrap it up and all. Mm-hmm. But um, you have a GoFundMe page for Red Light. Yes. Can you tell them what that is? With the um, the let me see if I remember human go find me human trafficking awareness movie. I believe it is red light human trafficking awareness movie. Don't go find me. How soon do you think that we may be able to see red light? I was hoping for this summer, it didn't work. So, hopefully, next summer because we're still in post production. Listen, so we're not we're not even going (laughs) going to go there because I I started witness what in 2000, 2019, and it is now 2022. Yeah. And so many different things. Things get in the way. Things happen. But, you know, that's what happens sometimes when you see um, in the credits and, and so forth and so on and in the literature for the film, they say, oh, this was shot in 2015. <laughs> and then you don't see it on the screen until 2021. Right, right. You're like, all right, that was like, how long ago? Like, how long have you seen this now? Yes. It's, it takes time and money and commitment. It's so much. Can you let our audience know? Um, where they can find your work in the future. Yes, you can look on my website. The one's lavitacamera.com. That's my website where you find all about me, including the films. And my YouTube page is Lady Ninja Storm Productions. All right. And then across Instagram, Facebook, Lavita Cameron, or Lady Ninja Storm, whatever. We'll take you to each other. But lavitacamera.com. So I'm sure that your your pages are connected, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give our audience. You see how many is on it? That's why I said. All right. So I'm going to give out different platforms in which they can reach out to you. Um, and what I'm getting ready to rattle off now is Instagram alone. And then we're going to move on to Facebook. 
Okay, so I'm getting ready to give y'all Instagram. Okay, so get your pen and pencils ready and just under the, make your column. You know, this is Instagram column and Facebook column and this is YouTube column. And... All right, so we have at lady underscore ninja underscore storm. We have at storms underscore of underscore defense. And of course, that's, you know, martial arts. And then we have Sassana is in that at S A S S I N I Z E. And what was that one for? That's administrative work. That's administrative, administrative work. consulting. Yeah. Okay. So all of you filmmakers um, out there that need someone on your set that's going to handle paperwork. So, you know, because <laughs> I'm telling you, wearing all of the hats is stressful. It's very stressful. Lower, lighten your load. Yes, yes. Hit her up. So again, that's at S-A-S-S-I-N-I-Z-E. And then we also have Lady Ninja Storm Productions. So that's for the productions. And that is at Lady underscore Ninja underscore Storm underscore Productions. And then we have at Storm Sets. That's S-T-O-R-M-S. ETS storm sets and yes. that one is for I didn't even talk about that one I forgot sorry. that's for set designs and stuff right? no that stands for storm sets showcasing entertainers and talents like helping them when they need stuff with sorry I forgot I do a lot of stuff and I <laughs> that's not when I help they start coming to me ask me to make sure they're they have all their stuff together like they got their resumes together and for acting just I don't I'm not a manager but I get their stuff together so when they submit they look proper because it's casting director too I get you know emails and it just looks like this is what you submit. Oh, yeah. So yes. just a proper protocol, how to look professional, professional all times. And a headshot is definitely what it is. A headshot, not an image of you getting out of a car. Right. With gold chain on. <laughs> right. Not yeah, either. I got one of those. Just getting out of the car with a chain on. Yeah, I was like, that is not a headshot. And you can also contact her on www.levitacameron.com. And that's L A capital B E. C-A, Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N.com. Now we're going to go to Miss Cameron at LavitaCameron.com. And it's M-S, Cameron at Levita. And that's L-A, capital V-E-T-A, Cameron.com. So y'all finished with the website. Y'all finished with the Instagram. So y'all ready? We're going to go down the Facebook column. So the Facebook column is at Levita Cameron, comma, entertainer, storms of defense, Sassanize, which is simply administrative strategic solutions, Lady Ninja Storm Productions, storm sets. And YouTube, you can check around Lady Ninja Storm Productions and on Linktree, which is uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash Levita underscore Cameron. That was a mouthful, but thank you. <laughs> it's all right. I brought my water. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Mm. Thank you, yes. So there you have it. That's my brand. Levita Cameron is that's my brand. I am my brand. This is Diva Gordon <laughs> with DEU. You were tuning in to the Diva Show with Miss Levita Cameron. I'm just saying um at this point, while we do have all of the platforms that we rattled off and names <laughs> here, I'm almost positive that you can Google. Miss Levita Cameron yes. and her platforms will come up. So if you didn't get it all down all at one time, don't stress, don't worry. Just go on Google. You know, Google is, is a spy 
and they listen they're yes. definitely spies they're everywhere yeah. so you'll be able to go in there and you'll be able to pull her up i thank you so much for being a guest oh, on my show thank you for having me it's been a joy pleasure thank you indeed indeed and um, i'm telling you you are such an inspiration to so many and definitely um, our women filmmakers and entrepreneurs that are out there doing the doggone thing. And no, you don't have to focus and concentrate on one thing. You just um, exuberate your talents however they come along. That's I like what you're that. supposed exuberate to do. Exuberate your talents That's however it. they come along. Yes. That's it. Yes. All right. Thank you. So this is Diva Gordon with DEU signing off to you from the Diva Show. Love, peace, and hair grits. Yes. <laughs>